0: Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling, both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Welcome back to the podcast. Today on this episode, I am chatting with Rochelle Karens. And if you have ever been somebody who has been in a season of waiting, where you feel like you've been blocked from being able to pursue the thing that you were made to do, where you're questioning your identity, questioning your calling, not sure where to focus, all of those things. These are going to be just a few of the topics that we dive into today through Rochelle's story. So let me tell you a little bit about Rochelle before we get into this interview. Rochelle Cairns was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She received her Bachelor of Arts at the University of Toronto with a specialist in fine arts and art history, as well as her diploma in art from Sheridan College. She is an accomplished artist exhibiting in Canada, the U.S., and Switzerland. Her work has graced the pages of numerous magazines, HGTV shows, as well as the walls of Tiffany & Co. worldwide. You guys, I'm so excited to introduce to you Rochelle, her story, and just all of the realizations that have come from it thus far and where she's headed in life and in business. Let's get to this interview. All right, guys, today on the podcast, I am so excited to bring you Rochelle Karens, and she's going to share with us her story, share who she is, this journey in life that she's been on. And honestly, I'm so excited, Rochelle, to happy because your story, when you and I talked, we only had 15 minutes to talk and it was not enough time but your story has so much depth and so much beauty that you've uncovered so far, but I also know there's so much more to come. So I would love for you just to start off, introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what
1: it is you're about. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, So my name is Rochelle, and I'm a a wife to my husband, Stephen, for 14 years now, and mom to Olivia, who just turned 12, and Levi, who is just about to turn 11. And I've been a Canadian contemporary painter since 2004. I'm represented by a variety of galleries in Canada, and this journey that I'm going to talk about right now kind of began back in 2015. Back in 2015, we were happy in our home in Toronto. Uh, We had just finished renovating (laughs) from top to bottom. And uh, at that time, uh, my husband got the opportunity to become part of a startup in Austin, Texas. And after really praying about it and seeking wise counsel, we decided that that was what we were meant to do. And so as a family, we literally packed up all our things, um, leased our home and drove to Austin, Texas. And that started the journey that has now taken us here to Seattle, where we currently live. At that time, I kind of entered into, from a work perspective, I was able to to paint, uh, no problem for the first year. But the the actual process of me being able to get a work visa, we realized became an issue in 2016. And so at that time, I began to start actually traveling back and forth to Toronto to be able to paint. But then in 2017, there was still no visa. (laughs) And also in 2017, the tech startup that the husband was working at um began to go south and uh and so at that point we realized we needed to make a switch again and despite the frustrations that I was going through with the work authorization and with him with his job we really had to kind of do some soul searching to figure out was you know do we go back to Toronto is this where we're meant to be and we both realized that the journey wasn't over um, in the U.S. and kind of um, as a no stone unturned sort of approach to things, husband took a job here in Seattle. And then we basically, over the last two years, uh, we've worked hard to uh, obtain work authorization for myself. So, and I actually just received my work authorization about a month ago now, which uh, is really awesome. But I think the, the key question that we Entered or that I entered at that time, and it was at the point in at about 2017 where I was kind of at the end of my rope. I had kind of finished, you know, being patient <laughs> and waiting, <laughs> and uh, and and basically, I kind of had to face the question: What do you do when you're blocked from being able to pursue the very thing that you know you're made to do? And I think this is a really key question. I think it totally is relevant to what many people are experiencing right now uh, with COVID-19 and a lot of people's the the things that they want to pursue they're being blocked from being able to do and so at that time i think what was really frustrating for me is that being an enneagram three and very much driven by success none of my goals and none of my achievements were able to be accomplished and so i was just continuing to bump my head up against the wall and, and continue to be very very frustrated so I kind of, at that point back in 2017, got to the point where I needed to remember who I was and I needed to be grounded um, back to, to who I am and who I was made to be and remember my identity. And being a woman of faith, um, I, I, you know, had to kind of refocus as to who I knew God made me to be and what my responsibilities and what my roles were and, and then how that, that played out. And so, what started to happen was a pivot. Instead of focusing on my goals and achievements, I found myself pivoting to a focus on rhythms and discipline. And I really started to pay attention to those rhythms and that, that incorporated everything from daily rhythms, body rhythms, creative rhythms, seasonal rhythms, uh, school year rhythms, all those things I started to really pay attention to. And paying attention to these rhythms really allowed me to understand how to best to approach the journey. And I found that it allowed me to start to honor both my husband and my kids in a renewed way Instead of being so focused on what I wasn't able to accomplish, everything started to work together in harmony in a new way and honoring these rhythms and celebrating those rhythms and creating structure and schedule around those rhythms kind of gave me a new, you know, a new lease on life is what it felt like at the time. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. There's so many good things. I'm going to interrupt you. And, and I want to kind of go back to the moment where I think where the tech startup failed and you guys had to kind of re figure out where you are. Was there ever a moment there where you felt like, oh, maybe we didn't follow God on this? Did we do something wrong? Mm. Like, were you starting to doubt your calling where you had been called to
1: in that season? Thankfully, no. And I think that's because I really... Um, fought for knowing that before we left to go to to Austin. Um, I really needed to know that what we were doing was right. Because you have to understand, my entire career was based in Toronto. The kids, the schools that we had planned for them to go to was in Toronto. Our forever home, you know, (laughs) was in Toronto that we had just finished renovating. And so none of it made sense then. And so I really had to do some deep soul searching at the time to figure that out. I needed to know that this was what God wanted us to do uh, in order for me to know that it was gonna be okay no matter what. And I found that that, thankfully that pulled me through that period of time in a way that that was really great because I knew that even if we, regardless of success, regardless of whether or not the tech startup worked out or not, That wasn't the point. We were meant to be there for a purpose. And that really showed itself in that time. I think it was more of a, like, what happened in 2017 was a personal thing because I was so bent on success and wasn't achieving anything, that that's when I kind of got to the end of my rope personally. And I was like, this is it. This is not working for me. And that's when I realized that success had almost become kind of an idol in my life. Mm -hmm. And I had allowed it to become that. And that's where I realized the shift needed to happen. Yeah.
0: And that success had been, you know, your identity was super wrapped up in your ability to achieve and, and what you could do in your work.
1: Yeah, I like I went from, you know, exhibiting, having solo shows probably at least once a year, doing tons of commissions, being commissioned by really large companies and things like that to do some really incredible work. And I'd really worked hard over that, you know, 10-year period to kind of gain the the status that I kind of had. And all of a sudden we moved to a new place. Nobody knows me. I can't work. And all of that got thrown up in the air. And I was forced to face myself in a new way and remember who I was. Because I, I am a firm believer. I am not my work. I am a creative person, but I am definitely not my work. That is just something that's a part of me. It is not the whole of who I am. When you started
0: to shift into this rhythms and discipline and moved away from achievements and goals being the focus, I'd be curious to know now, as you look back on the past, you know, really five years, what are some of those achievements and goals that you achieved, but maybe they weren't like the, the primary focus? Have you noticed that through the season?
1: Yeah, like what's really interesting is that being an artist and and having my work be valued at a a certain price point, you know, my work is really only accessible to those that have a certain kind of income. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. what I had always wanted to do but never had the time to do was open up a line of of prints. And so allowing my work to be more accessible to everyone. And so over the course of the last uh, couple years, I've actually launched two series of prints and as well also launched a puzzle <laughs> with so another cool. really great yeah with a female entrepreneur here in uh, Seattle and uh, and of course, that in recent months has totally taken off with no idea that that was, you know, in the future or in the plans. And as well, I still was able to travel back for a period in time. I was able to travel back to Toronto and complete certain commissions for clients. And also I had another solo, solo show in 2018. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And COVID, I mean, that kind of squashed your traveling, right? Yes. Is that the story? Or when, it, <laughs> when, were, when were you not able to go back and forth to Canada?
1: Okay, so as of the, as of August last year, so August 2019, I kind of entered that period in the process of obtaining your work authorization or green card, where you no longer can travel. The lawyers need to kind of figure things out on both sides, and it kind of gets a little dangerous for you to be able to travel in that time. So I have not traveled to. I used to have a, a studio in Vancouver that I would travel to for periods in time, for like four or five days and in a row, and then kind of you know come back and be mom. And I had to kind of like let go of all that and just wait in the, since August of last year in order to um, get the final work authorization.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) So were you still painting during that time? I guess you weren't at all able to, right? How does that work?
1: No, I hobby... <laughs> in quotation marks, <laughs> I definitely right. hobby at home, but nothing's for sale. I'm not. Got I'm it. not selling anything, and can't. Uh, yeah, can't complete any commissions or or business sales for in any way.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's such but a. But actually, it's interesting.
1: Thing. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the, uh, the you know, the period in time uh, before that, though, the success. Because I think one other success, too, that happened in that time was that as I obtained my studio in Vancouver, I started to travel back and forth from Seattle to Vancouver. Um, once or twice a month, I would go for like a four or five day period and would just literally, like literally leave Seattle, enter Vancouver and paint my face off for, you know, 18 hours a day for five Five days straight, and then lock the door on the studio and come back home and be mom. And I really appreciated that time because it. I ever since having children, the ability to focus and you know get work done, had totally increased. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, there's these moments and periods in time and it's like, okay, there's no more thinking it, no more overthinking it, no more analyzing it. I just got to do it. And I feel that that totally actually increased my productivity as an artist and allowed me to not second guess and just go for it in a way that I wasn't familiar with. And so I'm not one of those artists. I know there's artists out there that can actually like juggle both and all at the same time and you know swaddle a baby while painting and <laughs> it's definitely not me <laughs> that is not my style and i need to be in i need to be in the zone part of why i love what i do is is getting into that zone it's a really sacred place for me it's where i do most of my deep thinking where I have my best conversations with God, and that's where true, you know, beauty and magic happens in my work, and uh, and I can't do that when I'm also focused on stopping two kids from having an argument <laughs> and and needing to lead that well too. I found that just really, really difficult. So yeah, that is one thing that I really under, began to understand about my rhythms is that being able to exit mom and enter as artist is the best way for me to, you know, get the most out of that time. I love that you
0: bring this up because I think that so often we can listen to podcasts or hear stories and think, oh, I've got to do it exactly how Rochelle did it, where, you know, she's fully business, fully artist, right? And then fully mom another way. And some people are really able, like you said, to juggle both and they do it super well. I tend to find myself in a category like you, maybe I'm not, you know, 18 hours a day or flying off to Vancouver or anything like that. But (laughs) how did you start to, when you were going through this whole thing, how did you start to identify the rhythms and the disciplines that you wanted to focus on in that season?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I began to pay attention to the things that allow me to be healthy. And it it may look a little bit different than what you might think. There's some things that might be you know, similar, but my, I call these, so they developed over about a period of a year and a half. And paying attention to these rhythms allowed these to kind of bubble to the surface. And I realized that without these five things in my life, if, if one of these five things I start to not do or not pay attention to, I tend to start to slip it's a slippery slope in some way and i in in one aspect or or another of my life i can easily become unhealthy so i start i I call these my non-negotiables the things that have to happen every day in order for me to be my best self and so my, my best, you know, the best me as a wife, the best me as a mom, the best me as an artist, all those things kind of really were important. And so I, I recognized over that period of time that I needed to wake up every day and be consistent in having a quiet time. And that means like, for me, that means reading my Bible and praying. So those two things for me that I am my best, I can be a really, you know, engaged mom when I've had that time, uh, when I've had that time to read and pray. As well, the thing that became really important was that I need to work out every day. And that uh, that basically for me is anywhere from about an hour, an hour and a half uh, a day, but I, I need to be able to uh, work out. And, and that also affects I, like painting is a very physical <laughs> job uh, for me anyways, it is. And so to pay attention to that and really be on, honor that in, in my body and of myself was important. And then as well, I also need to eat clean. I happen to be one of those that's like dairy free and gluten free. And then the most recent thing in the last year and a half was egg free. And so, and you know, there it actually is a lot of my family has uh, as that as well. So being able to take the time to shop well and you know, prepare food that is, is clean and, and good for me is super important. And then also, I think the last thing, and this was the most surprising one for me, and I, uh, you know, being an Enneagram 3 and also knowing that I'm a maximizer. Do you remember Strength Finders? So I mm-hmm. am definitely a maximizer and will pick the fastest way to get from point A to point B. But um, recognizing this one really changed that. I, in my life, I need to have moments of pause. Every day. (laughs) And if I'm not taking time to honor those moments, those little moments where it's like I see a hummingbird on the, you know, on the hummingbird feeder and allow myself to go, wow, like, look at that hummingbird. (laughs) Or I'm on a walk and just really recognize, you know, this beautiful flower or a beautiful sunset. Or there's so many different things. Or just watch my kid do something super cool, you know, and really just pause and allow myself to be in that moment and enjoy that moment and get everything out of that moment. That, and, and that literally feeds my ability to be creative. It's when I'm too busy and not paying attention to those things, and then I go from that that state to going in, into the studio that it just doesn't click. Like things, it'll it'll just be really, really difficult. But if I'm honoring those moments of pause every day, then it's an easy it's an easy transition for me.
0: What brought that awareness to you that you needed moments of pause in your day?
1: I think it was just really getting honest with the fact that. I tend to be too busy and I tend to want to go too fast. It was just getting really, really honest about that fact and recognizing that that was tripping me up, recognizing that I was actually losing instead of what I thought was gaining by getting more done. And it was allowing that, like recognizing that we have limits You know, like there are limits that we have and it's such an ugly word, I think, to say out loud. But we all have limits. We have limited capacities. And it's about how, you know, how are we going to spend that time? What are we going to pay attention to? That's what really matters.
0: Yeah. And as like an Enneagram three, like a doer, an accomplisher, how did you start to train yourself to actually first recognize those moments, but also actually take the moment to pause?
1: Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, very happy to admit that I have an amazing husband and uh, yeah. <laughs> who, and he is totally different. Like he's on the other, he's in the tech world. He's in a totally different, you know, kind of creativity and a different brain. But thankfully, he knows me really well and he pursues my contentment um, as much as his own and holding myself accountable to him in this process, as well as like, I have another really good best friend from Toronto that we connect with twice a week, (laughs) every week. And it's allowing myself to have those honest conversations and hold myself accountable to them, where they can check in with me and ask me how that's going. And I can honestly talk about my failures or my successes in those, in my desire to improve in those areas. And that really, that really made a difference. So I think being able to have that community, that kind of community, that those people in your life that are a safe space for you to explore these areas of growth and like weakness and then growth, you know, and then which they can ultimately become a strength. It's huge. That's really, really important. That is
0: huge. I I love this, this idea of non-negotiables. What do you need to create the, the life that's going to allow you to show up in the best way for yourself, but also your family and those people around you that you impact through your work. And so for you, it's been that daily quiet time, the exercise, the movement, eating clean, and then these moments of pause, which I think all of us can really relate to needing those in our life as well. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt real quick to invite you to screenshot your show, tag both Rochelle and myself on Instagram, and let us know that you're loving this episode. We both love hearing from you guys on Instagram and what you're gaining from this podcast episode. So tag me at Katie Fleming and tag Rochelle at Rochelle underscore Karens. We'll see you on the gram. So, talk to me about now you're sitting here, you've got the work visa things are starting to open up ish back in the country and everything. And you have this whole rhythm and discipline season that you've gone through. What does it look like now starting
1: to integrate kind of the old way that you did things with this new way? How do you see that happening? Yeah. So it's really kind of neat because actually at the moment we're transitioning from school year to summer. And it's interesting because as I, as I was just saying I obtained my work visa almost a month ago it was hilarious because we had this moment of like celebration of like yay I can you know I can finally do this I can pursue you know my dreams and my aspirations here in uh, here in Seattle and in the US and it, there was this really like ironic aha moment of like and nothing changes <laughs> basically everything stays the same and I think it's because knowing my role and knowing what I want to do right now and how how I'm spending my time, you know, this whole period of COVID basically had me being homeschool mama full-time for a fifth and sixth grader. Um, And that took pretty much all of me full-time. But, and now that we are actually entering summer, it's really great because my kids are at that stage in life where We've actually just been talking about how the rhythm is going to change. We've been talking about, you know, what do they want? to be their summer goals? What are the things that they want to do for fun every day? What, you know, what kind of daily rhythms are they going to have? And what's that going to look like as a family? And then we've also, you know, I've been able to enter into, okay, so mom's going to start working. So what does that look like? And how do we make this work for everyone? How do we do this in a way that is, you know, in harmony for everyone? And so, you know, the kids fully recognize that they're like, I'm going to be working from about eight till about one every day, eight a Till 1 p.m. And then after that, it's like fun time. We'll go out and we'll, you know, do things. We'll get outside. We'll go have, if possible, like if, you know, things are opening up that we can have playdates and things like that with others. Um, And so having these discussions with the kids, they're used to this now. They're used to these discussions about rhythms and how this can work for everybody. And so it's really great because I I find that they're they're like, yeah, of course that makes sense. You get more time to paint now. That's awesome, right? Like they totally are. (laughs) They recognize the fact that I've given, you know, a lot to them in the last little bit that now that's going to switch for the summer. And so, and they're well with it. So yeah, it's great.
0: I think it's really, I love hearing you talk about this in such an empowered way, because I think so often we can get into this rut of thinking that we're just a victim to our circumstances or the season of life our kids are in or, you know, a husband's schedule or whatever circumstance it is, but we have a lot more control around these rhythms in our Mm -hmm. life than we realize. Yeah, agree?
1: I would totally say that. Um, I think one of the things that I've been talking a lot with my friends about is because when everything kind of went into lockdown with COVID, I think all of a sudden parents were totally like just overwhelmed by all of these responsibilities that all of a sudden became theirs that weren't before. And I think. I think most people just kind of fell into a, okay, I got to do all the things. I got to be, you know, full-time homeschooling mama. And I also got to be, you know, I got to be able to do well in my job still. And I got to make it all happen. And I think that's the, so this is the, the thing that I've been having most conversations with most of my friends about is, no, you don't. Like you have the opportunity to say, wait a minute, what's going to work here and what's not? And you can actually say, no, <laughs> you know, right. we can't do it all. And we can, you know, let's, let's figure out how to design it in a way that would be sustainable and well for all parties. And that may look different. And I, I think that that's the, the thing that I've been trying to relay to a lot of my friends is that, no, you don't have to just all of a sudden fall victim to this. You actually have a choice and you actually can say no to things and you can choose to do differently. Yeah. Oh my
0: goodness. This has been such a topic too with with my community. I think I might've even mentioned this to you when we initially talked, because I think it was the week where I had decided I'm done with art projects for school. Right. (laughs) The kindergartner doesn't need to do two art projects a day, it seems like, like, when, you know, she's already creative. She's already, like, paper macheing all kinds of stuff together on her just own, like, I kid you not, this kid will make, she'll tear construction paper and make, like, a rainbow mosaic and then bring in some oil pastels. Like, she does not
1: need an art class to tell her how to do art, you know? (laughs) come hang out with my daughter. They'd have a lot of fun together. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I am so sure about that.
0: But it's just so crazy how, and I get it, because, like, I also am a perfectionist and I like to follow rules and we've honestly been trained all of our lives in school to follow yeah. rules. Um, yes. But, you know, when we get the digital learning, you know, the, I can't, I will never forget the first week of, you know, being home doing school, which by the way, is not homeschool in my opinion. This
1: is just Yeah, no, work. it's, it's, it's learning very different. Or whatever. It's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But, um, you know, they sent us a PDF that was like hour by hour, what sh- we should be doing with our kids. And I'm like, there's no way she's in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I'll do an hour mm-hmm. of school and that's going to be that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to check a box or tell anybody any different. And, you know, I decided the whole art thing and it's just, we have a lot more control. And we, as mm-hmm. as the moms and co-leaders in our homes, we know what's going to be best for our kids and it may or may not
1: be mm-hmm. what quote, they say best. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's so fun. Good for you because oddly, I negated the art thing too. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yes, mom, this mom does not need to kind of (laughs) do other other art projects with the kids. I was like, they're going to have a a summer full of it. Um, So it's not not necessary, right? Yeah, that's exactly... The kind of thing that I feel like most people need to be just giving themselves the freedom to say no to and there's a, a many more things like that that I think that are negotiable and you know like optional in terms of what is absolutely necessary for your child's well-being and for their education totally. you know so more yeah. than we think
0: and realize Yes, um, yes my kind of like checkpoint is always is, is there friction? why is there friction? And then is this unnecessary? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So yeah,
0: that's,
1: it's been a, that's been one of the big
0: learning things from this season Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm. So now that you guys are going into this new season, I just love it. But talk to me about like, what's next for you? You've got this incredible Mm -hmm. story. You've obviously got this. Anybody needs that's listening needs to go check you on Instagram right now and look at your work. You've got beautiful work. But what does this next season look like for you in life and in business?
1: I'm really super stoked um, because I'm kind of at one of those moments right now where, especially over the last few months, having very little time to paint. I actually work best this way to have moments of uh, like long periods of rest and then a very good and productive period of work. And so I actually love the rhythm of summer because it's a great time for me to be able to just, you know, paint my face up, And I actually am chock full of ideas right now. So I have this series of work that began in, I think, about 2006. And it's these bubbles. And they're literally like very realistic bubbles set against a very abstract background. And this whole... experience of covid and lockdown and the uh, the bubble has reignited my creativity around that subject and I feel like I, I'm I have a whole series of pieces that I want to do around bubbles that I think even just the title will you know resonate <laughs> with people wow. in a whole new way so I'm about to begin that this summer and then I actually will start the process of working with uh, beginning to work with a few different galleries in the US. So amongst, I have a whole bunch of commissions I got to get to too of people who've been waiting. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's awesome uh, because I like, I, I'm, I feel so like, Privileged and lucky to be in this position, where literally I just had to wait in order to be able to get the work authorization. Work authorization before I could kind of just start the beginnings of my new career here in U.S. But it's been a long time coming, so I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. And
0: I'm I'm excited for like just what the, you can start to see some of the things that this season has brought to you now. But I think there's a lot you're not going to see mm-hmm. for five, ten, maybe even forever years of, you know, mm-hmm. what the seasons allowed you to do. I think about the puzzle. What if, what if mm-hmm. you were so busy with commissions that you missed that whole exciting opportunity? Totally,
1: totally. Yeah, there's a really interesting kind of, like a little story that I have for you <laughs> that I actually really summed this up just recently. And uh, I call it the story of the Meyer lemon tree. So I, so first of all, I have to just say that me and my husband, if there's anything we were never meant to do, it was garden, Okay. <laughs> it says we are not gardeners. Like that is just the thing. So, in knowing that, it's kind of both given us this funny freedom to just kind of do whatever when it comes to gardening. <laughs> Oh, we'll try. We'll see. We'll see if that works. And just to have no, like, we don't care. We just don't care, but it's kind of fun. And so I've always wanted a Meyer lemon tree. I a trip that I took to Italy years and years ago, I just fell in love with the tree itself, the smell, these lemons. They're just so amazing. And so for, you know, for whatever reason, I can been continuing to talk about the Meyer lemon tree. And last Mother's Day, so 2019 Mother's Day, uh, my husband and my kids bought me a Meyer lemon tree, this little, you know, one and a half foot thing in a pot. And so I kept it in the pot. I replanted it to a little bit of a bigger pot, but kept it. And amazingly, like all these, like on this one and a half foot tree, all these little lemon buds like came. And then a whole bunch of i did my best to try and like water it and give it sunshine and like all that stuff but incredibly like all of the little lemons fell off except for 3 three remained on like this one little stem and they've continued to grow over the past year and so we actually moved in that time from a, one house in Seattle to another and it went like all throughout the winter i was like oh goodness that this thing is going to die because The leaves started to fall off. It looked, so. it started to droop over to the side, you know, like it just was like, oh my goodness, this thing's going to die. But the, the lemons remained on it. But I was like, there's like, I have no idea what's happening to those lemons, but it can't be a good thing, right? So finally, this spring... It's, you know, the the Meyer lemon tree is still outside in the pot. We're trying to feed it, but it's really looking quite ugly and horrible. But in the spring uh, and the sunshine of the Seattle spring, the, the lemon started to turn yellow. And so I was like, well, you know, Maybe we should just take them off because like maybe that will, and I'm sure they're like hard as rocks inside or whatever. It's been like a year. Like, how can these like lemons be any good? And so I, you know, I took them off and I brought them inside to the kitchen and I was like, well, I, you know, before just throwing them out, I was like, let's just see, you know, see what's inside. And so I grabbed a knife and sliced one down the middle. And sure enough, these lemons are the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. (laughs) they are juicy they are sweet I was like totally I was like this is a miracle (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything you have to understand this is you have to kind of surround this but I know nothing about gardening but I still have to figure it out I tried to research it and couldn't find any answers but literally these things have been on the tree for a year and they and out of this like out of like a year and I, I cut them open and they made like beautiful lemon juice. And I actually made like this beautiful lemon curd with them and it was amazing. But I was really, it was kind of one of those moments where it just stuck with me. And then like, I just remember really having that moment of like, oh my goodness, like there is such beauty in the waiting and we don't, we don't even see it. Like I, it, the tree looked like it was on its last legs. Like it just looked Mm. so ugly And disheveled, and yet, as we waited over the course of that year, these lemons became their most beautiful self, and I just, I just, it just really hammered, uh, hammered the idea into my head in a way that I found so beautiful that you know there really is beauty in the waiting, even when from all external. Intents and purposes, it doesn't look like it. Don't discount it as nothing. Um, it really can be a really beautiful thing.
0: yeah, and had you had you thrown it in the towel in, had you stopped painting and decided, "Oh, you're right, maybe I'm not meant to do this. you would have never had that delicious lemon curd at the end of the day, or you would have never had the opportunities you're, you now have now to experience summer with your kids, paint this new, revive this project from you know two thousand six do all these commissions, just so many, so many amazing things. I
1: love that story. totally. Totally.
0: I'm so good. Well, Rochelle, I have absolutely loved chatting with you. And I just, I love the way your artist's creative mind thinks because you literally can find beauty and story in everything. And that lemon tree is just such an example of that. But- so, so I know we could talk for hours, but I would love for you to let everybody know how they can connect with you, where we can get to see more of what you're up to and in the projects and the things that are coming out of your studio as well as your house
1: over the next few months. Yeah. The best way to connect with me is Instagram. I haven't been very active on there lately because I've been homeschooling mama full-time, but I'm about to be because summer is here. I still check daily that i A lot of my business is run through Instagram. um, And so that is the best way to get in touch with me as well, um, email. And so that can be found on my website. Beautiful. What's your website? Uh, Myname.com. So www.rochellecairns.com.
0: Beautiful. It has been so, so great chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you, Katie. It was great to chat with you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I am so excited that you got to hang out with us here today in your earbuds, and I wanna help you get further connected into the Six Figure Ambitious Mom community. So head on over to katiefleming.co slash tribe for your own invite into the Six Figure Ambitious Motherhood community. I'll see you there.